Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today we have with us the OG, Ryan is back. What's up, Ryan? Woo! Back again, back again. You had a couple of new people try to replace me, but you can't. I'm still here, still around. Congratulations. Yeah, we've actually uh, are in very much negotiations to try to get you out of here and bring in the new guys. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how the negotiations go. If we don't hear from Ryan again, um, well, they didn't go good for Ryan. My buyout number is very high. Yeah, $10 is pretty high for you. We're going to uh, get eat. Man's got to eat. He, need, he needs him uh a couple dollar value <laughs> menu items mm. off the, the local Mickey D's, but, <laughs> but let's get into the, uh, the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies now are 42 and 20 and they are playing very good. They are coming off a big win in Chicago. This time, Steven Adams and Ja carried the team. They didn't carry Tony Bradley anywhere, but Steven <laughs> Adams and Ja are always in it. With the Bulls last time, it was a fight that broke out that Stephen Adams kind of took over and pretty much carried Tony Bradley all the way back to Chicago via my Twitter or via our Twitter. We're a team. It's all of our Twitter at Grizzly. Uh, but now, you know, literally last night, we're recording this on Sunday. The game was amazing. The Grizzlies were up big majority of the game. And then DeMar DeRozan went off. And he, I think he had 10 points at halftime and he came out, uh, he ended up with 31 points. So another good game out of him shows really the superstar that he is. But our guy, John Morant scored 46 points, 15 of 28. I know most of those are at the rim, but he did go three of four beyond the arc, which is, you know, big itself. Uh, just kind of talking through this. I know that Jaw had a health scare last time. Me and you very much talked about it. We both are on the same boat of set the guy. Why is he back in that game? He didn't look right. We didn't know what it was wrong. We didn't know if it was a hip strain or what exactly was the issue. But is he healthy? Like 46 points healthy? Is that are we okay? I I, I guess that he is, but if you watch the Timberwolves game. And saw the way he went down, the way he labored on the baseline, and how much like grimacing pain he was in, and then escorted back to the locker room. You thought, all right, this is a two or three week hip strain or something, where he's going to have to rest, and you know we won't see him till mid to late March. And so you already start thinking about how are the Grizzlies going to get through the next couple of weeks? How are we going to do in these, you know, 10 games without 10, 15 games without job, the final 20. And then he just shows up out of the locker room and is completely fine. Well, not fine. I mean, he grimaced through the rest of the game. Every time he went up, I almost passed out because that's how much I was holding my breath. <laughs> 
because I was waiting for that landing where his hip just complete, like his leg almost falls off. Like it's just kind of hanging there. Um, but he got to that game. And then two days later, I don't know what they gave him. I don't know what kind of therapy that they do in the Grizz training staff, but he looked completely fine. And I don't know if it's because he saw Nikola Vucevic. So he knew that there was going to be, um, literally no no one that was going to impede him <laughs> to the lane so he just went freely but he looked completely fine and I don't get it because in that game it was why are you playing jaw why are you potentially risking something that could aggravate this and make it worse to where we don't even see him when we get to the playoffs so I it was really concerning and then he came back like a tough man played through it and then drop 46 points against the Bulls two nights later. So I have no idea. None. Yeah. I I, I don't know if he had some of Michael, Michael's secret sauce or whatever that oh. stuff is in uh, <laughs> Space Jam. Um, we don't know what he had. Uh, but maybe he found it in the locker room. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, Michael Which, Jordan what, play. Whatever Steven Adams was gnawing on the first God. half. Steven Adams was an absolute monster, and I wanted to talk about him, so let's transition straight into that. Before we do that, should we just say that maybe... this is my show, not your show. Maybe the training staff we should investigate for doping, because there's (laughs) there's just absolutely no way Josh should be fine and do 46 points, and then Steven Adams have 21 rebounds, all basically within the first half. Like, they're doing something. Like, there's something going on in that training staff that is not legal. I contend it is not legal. Okay, sorry. Is it okay to move on to Stephen yeah, Adams completely? You can go ahead. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, 12 points. But before tw- that, no, God, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stephen Adams, the Kiwi, 12 points, 21 rebounds, five <laughs> assists. One question I will ask you to start off this Did you see my interaction via Twitter? Um, with some other people that were questioning Steven Adams and his potential to not actually meet his standards that I set for uh, potential betting options because they they were pretty simple. So, uh, and and to kind of bring everybody in, I had uh, Steven Adams for eight plus rebounds. He's hit uh, 90% in the last 10 games. And then he had 10 versus Chicago the last time. So the rebounds I felt good about. And then he had three assists. Uh, in the last 10 games, 90% as well. So he's only missed one time out of the last 10 games. And he had six assists versus Chicago the last time. I felt great about it. Some some person, you know, and, and legitimately questioned me on it. Did you see that? And did you feel that that actually is like legitimate? Like, okay, I'm questioning it. Or they just don't understand or haven't watched closely enough. I vaguely remember the response. Uh, but I didn't pay too much attention to it, but it was kind of, it, it felt like they're kind of like calling you out a little bit, like you just picking numbers, you know, <laughs> and you don't actually watch the team or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I see, I don't think it was coming at me directly. I think they felt uncomfortable about Steven Adams and his assist numbers because he doesn't, if you're a Grizzlies fan, obviously you know that he passes the ball well. If you're a fan of, you know, maybe NBA basketball, you're thinking Steven Adams isn't a guy who's putting up three assists a game on a regular basis. He's just not. And so I can understand, you know, the, I guess, the questioning of that. 
But in all honesty, Steven Adams had five assists again, and he I think he went over the eight rebound number. Uh, he almost tripled it, uh, to be honest. And so I feel good about those numbers. Uh, those are great. Steven Adams continues to be a beast, and I think that he will be very important moving forward, but he is also matchup-based as well. I, I think you can ride Steven Adams very much so early on, and if he doesn't look like he's going to be the guy who's going to be pretty much your horse, the guy who's going to give you the screen assist that you need to get jaw open, the game doesn't go that direction. I think you have an easy pick that you can lean on, and that is going small with someone like Jaron Jackson Jr. as well, and, and including Brandon Clark, if not Kyle Anderson. So do you think that versatility helps them? For the regular season, or do you think that versatility is even more important during the playoffs? I think it's both because I am, I think you are right about Steven Adams. Like he can really only play against a similar type big like him. Like the fact that Vucevic didn't go off against him and just sucked last night was kind of telling. He and sucked even, last game too. Yeah. And he was just not good. Uh, so Adams can't really play against like the pick and pop, smaller speed bigs. But there's not a ton of those, right? There's not a right. ton of Jaron Jackson Juniors out there. I'm not saying Jaron Jackson Juniors, you know, like one of the top 15 players in the NBA, but just that type of player where they can bring you outside, shoot the three, and then drive, take you off the dribble if they draw Stephen Adams out there. So the versatility is obviously key, and versatility is one of the biggest things that you need in the playoffs because it's all matchup-based. So if we get matched up with the Clippers and they're playing Zubac, Adams is great for that. If they go small with Marcus Morris and Nick Batum, that's where it's Triple J, Brandon Clark. Like That is, I think, one of the biggest strengths that the Grizzlies have and why they're sitting at the record that they are because of that versatility. Yeah, I agree. And they honestly, they're, they're playing so well, and they went on a two-game losing streak, and I felt like Grizz Twitter lost their mind again. Uh, but really realizing, you know, that's that's normal. Like you're supposed to go 500 through the NBA season. You're not supposed to go on these big runs where you're up 22 games. That doesn't happen on a normal basis. But we want to look at these uh, teams uh, that are facing them upcoming. And the first one I want to look at is the Spurs. And I don't know exactly who's going to play. They have some guys that are questionable. Uh, their day-to-day, and that is DeJounte Murray, Kelton Johnson, R- Romeo Langford, and then Jacob Podal? Padel? Purtle? Purtle. Old Purtle? Peter Purtle. So is he the guy who they uh, made the new Wordle game after? Yes, for the NBA players? that's who named after. Yep. Old Purtle. Jacob Purtle. I'm not playing it. Um, I have. I've enjoyed it. I'm not playing it. I'm the only gonna, reason. The why did they call it the Balanchunas? That's the only reason I get the answer is because of the silhouette. If mm. you play it, then you know what I'm talking about. Mm-mm. But just guessing it based off the position team, all that kind of stuff, I have no chance. Like you have eight guesses to do it. But if I get the team, then I'm always checking the silhouette. <laughs> if I get the conference, like it's interesting at least. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to do. So something else to do. Why not? Yeah, why not? I've actually never played it. I've never opened it. Um, I've seen people uh, that played it, and that's why I just really haven't had time to do it. But I will make sure before the next game, I'll check it out. Why not? It's going to be fun. Uh, But they do play the Spurs, 
and be, and the reason I'm talking about, you know, Jacob Pearl is because I don't know if he's playing. Steven Adams did not have a good game last game against them when Pertl was playing. If he's out, that just means that they're even smaller. So this is a game that if you are a betting person, check out a guy like Brandon Clark who usually plays very well against these teams. Whether or not uh, somebody like Jaron Jackson Jr. goes off, they want to be able to get up and down the floor more, and that's when you're going to bring in someone like Brandon Clark. So I expect them to play really good. Uh, but going into these this four-game stretch where this, you know, just this week coming up, uh, the Grizzlies have a, a pretty decent lead on the, the team in front of uh, behind them, and that is the Utah Jazz. They're up three and a half games. They're, they're two games back of Golden State. There's only 20 games remaining. So we're in the home stretch. Like this is going to fly by. March is always crazy with March Madness going on with the college basketball. You have all these conference tournaments coming up. We all kind of get involved in those. And the NBA pretty much just finalizes their season. And then after March Madness is over, it's the NBA playoffs. Like this, this whole next month or two is just going to fly by. So I'm excited to see it. But that gets me thinking, like, there's only 20 games. What direction are the Grizzlies going? Are they are do you give me a prediction on this? Do you think that they're going to be able to hop over the Golden State Warriors? Do you think Utah's going to be able to catch them? Is some, there's somebody underneath of them coming up that could catch them? Are we looking at this Grizzlies team as a legit three seed heading into the playoffs? I think they're a legit three seed, but I would not be surprised if they're more challenged for the spot from the Jazz than they are challenging the Warriors for the two spot. And I know that seems counter because they're only two games behind the Warriors as of right now and three and a half games up on the Jazz. Uh, but I think the Jazz want that too. Just looking at the play-in matchup, I mean, maybe they don't want the two because the Lakers are sitting in there, Lakers and Clippers. But I feel like if you've got a chance to play the Timberwolves or the Clippers as they're currently constructed um, or the Blazers right now, and we know that they're not going to be there, the Pelicans are going to make that push, the Spurs are trying to make that push. I think it's, you know, you want to be higher up. I think, um, then you want to be stay where you're at. So yeah. I, I, I think they'll be more contend. They'll be contended for, for the three seed more than they will contend for the two seed. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you on that because golden state has to try to figure out some things. They got to try to reintegrate some people. The Grizzlies are going to try to reintegrate Dylan Brooks as well. And you know, with anybody, we always fade them if they're ever bringing a major piece to their team back in that first game. We're, we're true faders of that team because normally it's hard to integrate somebody that important back into your team. And usually that first game is always a struggle because you're trying to get everybody figuring out their roles again, their timing and really how much time they're going to play. And so that could be very important. Uh, but the Grizzlies play the Spurs on Monday, the 28th. As we're recording this, you'll this is going to be the day it comes out. Uh, there's a game that night. I'm actually going to the game, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Grizzlies then play on TNT. They've kind of moved that game into the slot on TNT Thursday against the Celtics. And then Saturday and Sunday, they have a back-to-back, which uh, one's on at home against the Magic on Saturday. And then they go on the road to take on the Rockets on Sunday. So it is a, a back-to-back with, you know, one day of travel in the, in the middle. Uh, but the Grizzlies are pretty much going to be away 
After the All-Star break, they were gone. Now they're coming back. They're going to have one game at home, and then they're going to have a couple of days off. They're going to go into Boston on TNT, and then they're going to come back home and play the Magic, and then they're going to go back on the road the next day or that night and play the Rockets, and then they come back home and they play the Tuesday against the Pelicans. It's a very weird schedule because usually when you play a game on the road, you're playing at least two, maybe three, and then you're coming home for two, maybe three. Uh, but if you look at their Grizzly schedule, they're bouncing all over the place. Uh, but they do have an easy schedule, uh, one of the easiest uh, in the league. So I don't want to take too much into that. But I do think that the Grizzlies have a chance to stay where they're at. Uh, but looking at these standings, um, I don't want to spend too much time on these because we just went over this with the Grizzly guys. But I kind of want to get your opinion on it, uh, as well as any guests that we have. I want to get their opinion on um, who exactly is the team that you're looking to stay away from. If you had to pick one, no matter who it is, uh, obviously anybody under you and probably not the Jazz, you're not going to play them. Uh, but they could be somebody you don't want to play in the second round. So you're looking ahead like, hey, I don't want to play them in the second round for whatever reason. Uh, is there a team you're looking to stay away from and try to potentially jockey a good position or hope a team wins more than the other? I do not want to see the Mavericks. And that's Why? just a personal preference, and it's all Luka-based. And I know Luca hasn't won a playoff series or anything like that, but um, the Mavericks are actually playing defense now. And Luca is now surrounded with even more shooters. Um, and it's just a matchup nightmare that I, I just do not like it. I do not like the, um, the way the matchups work out. I think it puts a lot of pressure on Jaron Jackson Jr. to perform well in a series against the Mavericks, because I don't think Steven Adams can really play in that series. Um, so I just, there's just something about the Mavericks and Luca. I do not want a part of. And obviously if we get out of the first round, I'm fine with playing the Warriors. Actually, I actually would not want to play um, the Lakers if they happen to get to the second round. And that's yeah. just sheer star power of LeBron have no idea about AD, right? Because he's injured every two weeks, but the star power of that in the second round of a playoff series, if we advance, no, thanks. I want no parts of the Lakers. I would actually want to play the, I would prefer playing the Warriors. I think we'd actually, I know this sounds stupid, but actually have a better chance against the Warriors than a locked in LeBron in the second round of a playoffs seeing how he can drag this crappy team to a Western conference finals. I don't want to see that at all, but my first choice would be the Mavericks. No, thanks. I don't want the Mavericks. If we could somehow sneak up in the two, I'm praying somehow that the Timberwolves get the seven, uh, because I, we beat the Timberwolves in a seven game series. Besides that, I'm also not afraid of Denver, even though Jokic is awesome. I think they're very limited offensively. So they're sitting in the six right now. I, if it all stays pat, I'm happy with that 3-6 matchup. Give me the Nuggets. Okay. Is there a team that you would prefer? I know you kind of gave us a little uh, some teams that you like more than others, but really we can go down, you know, really 6 through 10, maybe 11, you know, carry New Orleans into that. Uh, but there's is there a team that you would want to play first? If you had to, your choice, if you could put them in the first-round matchup, whether, you know, whatever it has to happen for your team, who is the team that you really, really want to play? I'll take it as the way it is now. Give me the Nuggets. Okay. I want the Denver Nuggets. I want that 3-6 matchup to stay. Okay. 
So looking at this right now, you know, the Grizzlies would, you know, obviously take on the Nuggets, but you would miss a team like Utah. You would miss a team like Dallas because there's no way to play them in the second round. So that would pretty much put you into playing somebody like Golden State. It could potentially be uh, the Lakers, Clippers, the Timberwolves. It could be a team like that. Does that is is this ideal for you? Do you feel comfortable if we enter the playoffs right now? This is really ideal. Your ideal situation. Yeah, this is great because obviously anything can happen in the playoffs. The Warriors, being forty three and seventeen, they're a great team, but we're kind of interested how this looks like in the playoffs if Draymond's not going to come back or if he comes back in a very limited role, right? Reintegrating James Wiseman. Um, I I get it. Andrew Wiggins was voted an all-star, but he's just not that guy. I'm sorry. Uh, So anything could happen in that two seven matchup, which is very rare. That almost never happens. But if the playoffs were ending today, I mean, that play in matchup is the Timberwolves versus the Clippers. You got to feel like that no matter what the Warriors are going to be able to go past either of those teams. Uh, But I think that's a more favorable matchup for the Grizzlies than walking into a second round against the Phoenix Suns. And so I I would much rather be on the opposite side of the Suns, (laughs) wait to see until the Western Conference Finals. And I would much rather have a road that includes the very depleted nuggets, which I know they're going to give you, they're going to be tough as nails. They're just going to be tough. Um, And it's Jokic. So hate that, but I prefer that path of nuggets warriors. Then let's see what happens. Averse to jazz or Mavericks, then the Suns. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And and that's what we're, you know, you're looking at a team uh, that is good all around in Phoenix but Chris Paul, they're trying to integrate him back in once he's healthy. What does he look like? Draymond, the exact same thing. I think it's easier to integrate someone like Draymond because he doesn't do anything for you offensively, but he is a good defensive player who really that's you're just, you know, plug and play. I think that's an easier transition. But how good is he going to be when he gets there? And that's what I always wonder. Um, but we'll kind of get out of here. I don't want to spend too much long, uh, too much on time on this, but. Um, just give me your prediction and you'll be on here many a times, but I want to see how much it changes. I want to ask you now, and then I want to ask you closer to the time we enter into the actual playoffs. Give me your prediction. Where do the Grizzlies go? How do they play? What happens if all said and done? How does the season end for the Grizzlies? I think that they end at the three. I would be interested that if the Warriors don't like a potential um, say the Lakers somehow win games, which joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're sitting in that seven, eight plan. I could see the Warriors trying to, if it's close, then I could see the Warriors trying to duck out of two, um, to avoid a potential Lakers first round matchup. Okay. But I think the Grizzlies are smart enough to stay in the three. And I think that record will be 52 wins. Um, I know that the Vegas over under after the break was 53 and a half. I think, I I think 52 is going to be just fine. And that's going to keep you at three. And that's, that's where I think we'll be 52 and 26. No bad math. 52 and 30. (laughs) All right. So prediction on the playoffs. Where 
what happens with these Grizzlies? What goes on when they get into the playoffs? First, second, third round? All right. Champion- so here- championship. Here's what sucks about this is because the bottom of the West is so close, especially Jazz, Mavericks, Denver. You, if you're at the top, you can't plan for it. Uh, but I could see jockeying from those four through six a little bit to get the preferred matchup. And I think everyone's going to want to play the Grizzlies first round. Mm. And mm. so I could see the Mavericks. And now the only thing about it is Minnesota is on the heels. They're only three and a half games back of that six seed. So it's not like they can take, you know, four through six can take their foot off the pedal. They have to keep winning, but they'll probably win at the same types of rate. So if they're keeping within a game, a game and a half of each other, I could see the Mavericks tossing the final two or three games to get that six, three matchup against the Grizzlies. Um, And so, and to avoid the jazz. So I'm interested by that. If the Mavericks do that, I don't feel great about the Grizzlies getting out of the first round. If they play the Nuggets, I think they're getting out of the first round. Now, it'll be a really good series against the Mavericks. Um, and then the Warriors' second round, I think that's a six- or seven-game bloodbath, and it's really a test on, is Clay Thompson that same guy yeah. uh, that he was before? But I think that could be just a phenomenal series, not high-scoring, though, and what people think. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath, like 105 to 108. Like we all, you know, everyone thought last year Nets-Bucks was going to be, I mean, the totals on a lot of those games were like 240, 245, and all of them went 30 points under because it was right. 106 to 108. That's the way that Grizzlies-Warriors series is going to be to me if they get there. And I think it's going to be a really competitive six or seven games. I don't see the Grizzlies getting out of it, though. I think second round is where they exit ultimately. And I think that's a pretty great year uh, adverse to expectations. So um, I would say they'll be the three seed. Hopefully we get Denver down round one, win that series, lose in six or seven to the Warriors round two. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I obviously was on the last podcast and said that the Grizzlies would lose in the second round in six games. Um, I'm happy if the Grizzlies get out of the first round now that they're playing so well, losing in the first round would be a disappointment at this point. If you told me at the beginning of the year, whatever place we end up getting, if it was a good series in the first round, we lost, not a big deal. We're moving on next year. This team has shown that they're better than that. And so I have to raise my expectations, uh, as well. And so I'm going to say they have to get out of the first round for me to be, excited about the season no matter how good they play during the regular season but I need them to win at least a game has to be a game like a gentleman's sweep is still not okay with me they have to win a game prefer at least two games and that would I would be content with losing to whoever it is in the second round I would be content uh, as long as they found a way to figure out to get into six games if it's against somebody like the Golden State Warriors. Now, if it's somebody like the Clippers or the T-Wolves that takes out a you know big upset in the first round to the Warriors, eh, we got to revisit that conversation because I'm not happy then if we lose in <laughs> six games to the T-Wolves, in all honesty. We're better than both of those teams. So um, there's a lot that can shake out, but I just thought we'd uh, play with some predictions. And as we kind of get into this, we'll kind of narrow down exactly – who we're playing as we get to the playoffs. We'll have a full playoff uh, kind of 
episode that talks about this. We'll also have some other guys on throughout the, the year with Grizzly um, and just kind of make sure we kind of give our full predictions on everything. But um, but so far, the season has has been completely above expectation. So, uh, Ryan, anything else you have before we get out of here? Yeah, so I have been the guy that has tried to been the realist, quote unquote, all year about the Grizzly season, and they have done nothing but exceed expectations at every turn. So if that trend continues, um, then the other new Grizzly guys might be right. They might at least make the Western mm. Conference Finals or make the finals <laughs> because everything else I've said about this Grizzlies, they have exceeded or what they exceeded what I thought they would be. Um, and so me saying, obviously, Ja listens to this, but uh, me saying second round exit means they're probably going to make at least the Western Conference Finals now. <laughs> wow. Um, to say cloud nine, that would be cloud nine <laughs> material. Um, don't yes. don't talk to me if they win the championship. By God, oh, don't God. I, uh-uh. don't talk to me. Like I'm, I literally might do a uh, celebration episode for the next like three <laughs> months. Like I, I'm not talking about anything free agency, nothing. I'm just talking about the winning the championship every single episode. Just that's all you talk about. Well, <laughs> it, it. it it would be the first team that I have ever been a fan of win an actual championship in any sport. Really. I have never had a team that I've rooted for win a championship in any sport. Wow. Yep. See, I don't know what that feeling's like. I wow. actually lived weird. in Louisiana, but I was not a Saints fan when they won the Super Bowl. And so I was just there by association. And yeah. that whole place in the middle of Louisiana, landlocked city, um, went nuts. And I was oh, just man. there as a part of it just because – I, I was living there at the yeah. time. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never, I've, I've never, never been in the a city. Feeling. Yeah. I've never been in the city um, at all to, of a team that I've liked. Cause you know, in Memphis, there's not many teams that are this close uh, professional teams, especially uh, the closest that I've seen is, and I'm not a fan of the Memphis Tigers basketball. Um, I never have, even when they were good, I did not jump on the bandwagon. I cheer for them because I think that's the right thing to do as a Memphian. Um, especially when they were getting good and going up the right direction. I didn't want to be the hater. Uh, but all my family was literally uh, was making T-shirt, championship T-shirt orders at that time. They had to call in or uh, do whatever, and they were people were taking orders, and it was like literally coming down to the last few minutes. And a friend of ours was calling on the phone, making the T-shirt orders because they were so excited, and they thought the game was going good. They wanted to go ahead and get their order in. And then they end up losing to Mario Chalmers and the Kansas Jayhawks. So I know that's going to burn a lot of people. <laughs> that was the worst. That was, was probably the closest I've ever come to rooting for someone yeah. that was going to win. Yeah, that I, I, I rooted for them, unfortunately for them, uh, because I didn't root for them the whole year <laughs> until that last game. I was like, all right, I'll cheer for it. Why not? Like, yeah. I'll, it's uh, Kansas. Get, exactly. Screw Bill Self. <laughs> exactly. He's a jerk. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a Duke fan, obviously. The people have heard that uh, to being annoyed probably enough when I say that. But they, they've won championships, and it's been really cool. But there's nobody to celebrate with. I don't have any close friends that are Duke fans. Cowboys, I was young. That was awesome. Um, I'm also a Florida Gator fan, uh, mainly you know everything but basketball, uh, which is weird. I didn't know that you had to pick a team for the entire college. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that when I was younger. Has to be uh, uniform, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, what about I, your gymnastics team? 
Oh, that Florida, that, as Florida well? gymnastics. Okay. Yes. I'm an LSU yes. now. They're, they're amazing. I, don't know what, I have no clue. Yeah. Um, Ribbon dancing. The, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest one though, the closest championship was last year for me uh, was the Atlanta Braves who lifelong baseball fan player, everything. And they finally won the championship. It's been forever. That was cool. Um, I don't live in the city, which is, you know, no, obviously, you know, everybody knows that we're from Memphis, but uh, that was the closest thing as being an adult and having a championship. And you're just like, that's cool. Like, I, you know, the, the feeling, it's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think it would be much different um, being a Memphis team because it's our city. Everybody around you is going to be cheering for the Grizzlies, no matter if there are some haters or not. So I think it would be a weird, weird experience. I hope we get to experience one day. I don't know why we won't. We have to win at some point. And I think if I, I had to put only, my money on it. Yeah, I can only know crushing defeat for so long, right? Yeah, like eventually it has to happen, right? So who knows? <laughs> but that's uh, that's story time with Daniel. Sorry, got on a, got a little <laughs> rabbit rabbit trail right there. Uh, but I, 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 I do think it would be fun. I do, I do think it'd be a out-of-body um, out experience because it's, it's something that you would look at and be like, okay, that's something that you can share with your, your kids as they get older, you know, especially you know, now our kids are getting older. Uh, I think that's a, a moment that you can be like, all right, that's, that's the cool moment. And it obviously it breeds more Grizzlies fans. So yeah. um, I think it would be a really, really cool moment. But anything else you got before we get out of here? No, I don't. With You mentioned earlier with March Madness, you know, over on Free Basketball, it's coming up. We always do the brackets and stuff and give out some cool stats. So uh, we'll have a lot of fun stuff coming up with Free Basketball. But besides that, just a trail on the end of that, the Grizzlies got to win sometimes because this city is starved for a championship. Starved. They, they, they want it. I mean, come on, look at the football program after they went to a couple bowl games. Like, just eat it up. Yep. Uh, so imagine what this city would be like if we actually won one. Yeah. <laughs> so we're dying for a champion. We deserve it. It's time. Let's do it. Come on. Let's do this two years too early uh, than what we're expected to. So. Two years too early. It used to be we're always two years away. Yes. So two years <laughs> too too early would be the epitome of how everything has gone. Like that'd be okay. We didn't expect Bruno, this. Here we are. <laughs> the Bruno Caboclo. The two years away from being two years away uh so let's do it early come on yeah why not uh and so a little bit about what's going on and what's what's upcoming uh we're going to continue to put out good content uh we're going to continue to have some different people on here as well as guests uh and speaking of guests our thursday episode ryan doesn't even know this we have john martin from 92.9 espn uh so if you have anything for him any questions you might have uh, go ahead and send it over. Ryan is a huge fan of John Martin. So uh, we're not going to invite him on the podcast because he'll fanboy out too much. Uh, but since he's not on here, it's just going to be me and John going at it. I'm going to actually have some good questions for him. And we're going to make sure that uh, any questions that you put in and send in that we'll go ahead and put them on the air and just want to make sure that we ask him. So, uh, Ryan, where can people find you? RDMeadows11 on Twitter, um, Instagram. No, I'm just, I just RDMeadows11 on Twitter. That's where you can find me. Share the gram. That's it. Yep. For the gram. For the gram. 
All right. Well, you can find me obviously at Daniel Greer. Follow us at Grizz underscore lead. That's where you're going to check us out on a daily basis because we're always putting up good content. We'll have more giveaways. Why not? We like giving stuff away. So uh, that's all we have this week. We'll be back Thursday with John Martin of 92.9 ESPN. Be nice and tell your friends.